Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 43 of Impact Boom. My name is Nicolien Arns, I'm a contributing editor at Impact Boom, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Emma van der Leest, founder and creative director at Blue City Lab and designer of Biomaterial. Emma van der Leest is trained as a product designer, but has great interest in the fields of biofabrication. Biodesign is based on the principles of biofabrication, a field that emerged out of regenerative medicine technologies. Biodesign incorporates living organisms, bacteria, fungi, algae or cells into the design process. As product designer, she collaborated with different disciplines, from scientists, physicists, artists and designers and is trying to create an environment where boundaries dissolve and where different disciplines benefit and learn from others. Emma is also the founder of Blue City Lab, in an open workshop and laboratory based in the heart of an old abandoned swimming pool in Rotterdam, which is now turned into Blue City, where entrepreneurs work together in accordance with the sustainable concept of the blue economy, and where production works as an ecosystem, and the waste of one entrepreneur is food for the other. On today's podcast, we'll discuss how the circular economy is implemented in Blue City, Rotterdam. We'll gain an understanding of the role of young entrepreneurs and designers in the innovation processes and how sustainability as materials and social impact are intertwined. Emma, thank you very much for joining us. Yes. We are here in the wonderful location of the old swimming pool in Rotterdam that's beautiful. Yeah. We are on top of the water at the big river with big boats and uh, it's a source of a uh, inspiration. Yes, definitely. And Emma, could you please share a bit about your background and the journey you took before joining Blue City? Oh, well, um, I'm trained as product designer. I graduated two years ago here at the Willem de Kooning Academy. But from the beginning on, I was very interested in creating materials and products afterwards, uh, basically. So I got really interested in the field of biology and, and science. But it was very hard for me to get access to a lab because They were saying, you're not a biologist, you're a product designer, your home is the real workshop and not a lab. So in the end, I succeed with a a lot of effort. And um, yeah, after my graduation, I thought now it's time for my own lab where there is room for everyone, even if you are an artist or a business executive person Mm -hmm. or (laughs) you name it, a journalist. And literally uh, lower the threshold for anyone who wants to practice biotechnology and really discover this field and see the possibilities emerging. That's when I met Simon Cox from Rotterdam, who are growing oyster mushrooms on coffee waste here. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, we're also thinking about lab. Why don't you come by? And that was um, one and a half year ago. So I just started here from scratch. Basically, I was an entrepreneur in the building, but now I work here and I created my own job which is very amazing with a lot of amazing people here in the building. We're doing great things, but still it's hard because we're a startup. So that's a little bit about my background. 
Yeah, it's still very recent. It's amazing yeah. how it's in recent, this short yeah. time people know the project. Yeah, yeah, that, that's well. that's really great. And of course, the building is very well, very bespoke building. So a lot of people still think it's a swimming pool, <laughs> but <laughs> that isn't. It's actually a big greenhouse, especially the old dome and the swimming pool. Is, we had a lot of very special plants and flowers growing over there, fruits and vegetables. So yeah, it's a big greenhouse in the center of Rotterdam, which makes it very interesting for people to uh, to come. Yeah. Yeah. And as I understand the people and the startups that are here inside this building, they are all part of the circular economy. Yeah, yeah. And what attracted you to the circular economy? And what is its most rewarding part of your work? I think it's very interesting that next to the innovative materials and products, we also think of the social impact. So really create jobs and create opportunities for people who are maybe not the first person you think of. And it's literally a network of waste streams that are used by different entrepreneurs. So literally waste from one entrepreneur is food for the other. And the same with, with the social and social skills. So they can really help each other. And it's an ecosystem like in nature. And uh, here in Blue City, we invite nature on our table. So literally see how, how does nature work? Because there, there's no waste in nature. And I think that's one very beautiful thing. And next to that, we all make money with it. So that's very important because normally sustainable concepts or products need a lot of funding. And of course, when you just start, maybe you need a little bit of funding. But in the end, everyone, you know, pay their rent of the money they earn with their waste products. Mm-hmm. So the, the linear economy is still there, but it's dissolving. <laughs> um, so I think circular economies, yeah, they have to make the step, especially for bigger companies in, in a city, it's hard. But you can really make money with it, and that's for a lot of people also very interesting. Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, then it's very difficult to uh, to make a product big and really uh, integrate it in our in our economy. Yeah, that's a very interesting. So the, yeah, the business model behind it is we need to rethink that too because it's very old-fashioned, and we have to think of uh, a more um, innovative model also. Uh, yeah, so the business model. Yes, we can hear they're constantly constructing uh, as well the building as the innovative ways to yeah. to connect startups. How does it promote this innovation in economy, but in relation with outside? Uh, with the outside, well, I think it's very important we are in the center of the city because a lot of new companies and startups and workshops are in the western part of the city, Merivier Hafen mm-hmm. um, area. So people also said to us, why don't you? move to there because you you can do whatever you like to do but we find it very important to connect with the citizens and connect with the municipality and, and show people how you can contribute to the circular economy so for now for now example the building is not open for the public yet but we really want to open it up to show people yeah what initiatives are here and how you can well like I said contribute to that so for now example in our marketing we do a lot of articles about how you can make your life a little bit more circular or so that it's already happening we're doing workshops we're doing tours and things like that but in the end we'll, we'll be open up and then it's like a whole market spa- uh, marketplace where people can experience the circular economy so by local products we are we're building now a, a 
the blue cheek, as we say, <laughs> so where people can buy the products and make them a little bit more comfortable with it. You can really change your linear econ economy behaviors uh, with circular economy behaviors. So it's not it's not that difficult, you know. But a lot of people don't know exactly where to start, and that's I think very important that we are in the center to show people. So for Anna as well with the lab, we are participating with the the uh, yeah weekend from the Wetenschap Science Weekend. So in the whole of the Netherlands, also companies like ESA are opening the doors to show people what science is exactly. And I think it's it's very important because science is something that is being done on universities, on laboratories, it's like rocket science. People think it's difficult, but no, you can do it at at home, you know, it's, there are a lot of DIY things on the internet which you can look up and see how you can create amazing things yourself or build an aquaponics system. And but still, people want to see how it's done. So I think that's also something we want to do here in the center. So as a as a bio designer as well, you're connecting science with design yeah. and communication. Yeah, technology. And yeah. here in this in the blue city as well, you're combining. Yeah. The three of yeah, yeah the well, three of them to, to bring different disciplines together and yeah. to and also communicate yeah communicate science because a lot of things are staying in the lab and I think if we really want to push innovation we have to get those treasures out of the lab as I always say uh, <laughs> there was one time a designer who was explaining how he grew a mother of pearl in a petri dish and I was like. What mother of pearl is like amazing, it's, it's really rare. So if you can grow pearls in a faster process in a lab, eventually you can make a new car paint for Tesla or something like that. That is amazing, you know, it's very, yeah, you can really scratch on it. It's like one of the most hard materials and it's also very pretty. So if we can grow these things faster, you know, you don't have to take pearls out of the ocean. Those things are like, it's like, what are you talking to to car companies? I said, no, no, no. I just wrote a a research report about it, and it's now I published them here and this website and over there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I think that's where the designer needs to come and and talk to the scientists and say, hey, um, we take your technology to the market. You know, for me, there are there are a lot of treasures that needs to be discovered. So <laughs> that's why I always say just. Don't be scared and go to science conferences or, to, or just as a designer, for example, if you work on a project, for example, on algae, go to an algae lab where they grow it, you know. They don't have to be designers, just ask them if they can tell you a little bit about it because they are so passionate about growing things or doing research mm -hmm. on that. Don't be afraid. Cross, yeah. your cross your own border and discover it. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. And that's how you did it. Yeah. Well. So, uh, that brings us as well to what you do. It's like, uh, besides Blue City, you work as an independent designer in the field of biofabrication, where you are creating new biomaterials. What particular sustainability issues or problems do you believe we as a society could tackle in a more innovative way? Well, there are quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think in general, the way we live, the way we eat, the way we dress ourselves, and the way we transport ourselves 
need to be changed. And for example, in the energy sector, a lot of good things are happening right now and it's getting bigger and also the, the energy companies are willing to change. So that's that's one good thing. But for example, in fashion, last week I was talking on, uh, on an event we organized here, Future Flight Movie Night. We showed a video or um, a film about uh, what's called The Next Black uh, made by AEG. <laughs> it was a film about fashion and, and new technologies and fashion, you know, everyone is wearing a piece of clothing, but they don't think of the impact, the way it's made. And I think even though I'm trained as product designer, I also think of fabrics, you know, there's there are so many new fabrics on its way that will uh, be implemented in the market within five years. So I think fashion and also the way we build there. For example, in this, this building, the old disco is now transformed into circular uh, workspaces and 90% of all the materials was being reused out of other companies that were taken down. Mm -hmm. And they're still beautiful and have, have, a, have a value and do the things they have to do. So in construction work, a lot of things are being thrown away that are still valuable. And our architect also made a website called Oostkaart.nl, for example, where he uh, collects all those materials, for example, for constructing, but also other materials or that are being used for making well, products. I think that is also something that we really need to change, make buildings more sustainable. And even though this is not swimming pool, you know, there are a lot of challenges here, especially the climate that need a lot of research but you can make even an old building like this a sustainable building mm -hmm. yeah, that's by building it differently and also that also goes hand in hand with mentality because people need to think differently and that's that's also very difficult mentality is one very very big thing um, people are very easy going on that they say well earth is deplanting and you know you can't do nothing more about it but that's a wrong mentality you know think about the, the next generations yes basically the biggest sustainability issue is yeah. mentality yeah so that I think, changes, then yeah, we have to see, and me and my and the next generations after me needs to show people the values of it, and really, well, make prototypes, but also make working prototypes and go to a big company like Shell, whatever, because even though here in Rotterdam, you know, the harbor is the harbor the same as it is right now, it will will be differently in ten years, so the mentality has to change. Because now we see all these stinking boats. <laughs> uh, but maybe in 10 years, the acre of the future is lying here in the Maas River. Because we're growing food on it. Uh, we've seen a bit of an uh, increase in awareness about social impact, with more startups and companies joining the circular economy movement, especially here in Rotterdam. So that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please share some of this development in the social enterprise sector in the Netherlands and where you think it's heading into the future? Well, I think the Netherlands in general is, they are doing great things, a lot of good initiatives, also uh, in Amsterdam, <laughs> um, that are working on this, on these fields and, and subjects. But the thing is, it's also a trend and that makes it a little bit difficult sometimes, because a lot of people are talking about circular economy and startups and we're doing this and this and this. But I think it's really important to to show people that you're really working on it. Even though we're building, we're still building here from the beginning on. We have entrepreneurs like Holter Schwalm and our uh, cabinet maker, um, 
who are making their products even though the building isn't finished yet and we're, we're doing stuff and we're putting it on on our website and on Facebook to share people how we're you know building this blue city mm -hmm. and I think also for example in Amsterdam you have Mediamatic, you have Metabolic all those in initiatives are quite young but they are really showing people the the change we have to work on yeah, so um, what you're saying is more to show by by actions instead yeah. of, of don't talk about it, it as just promotional it. <laughs> yeah. material yeah yeah and it's really hard but you have to start somewhere and i think collaboration is the key word because you can make a change or innovation by yourself it's also in nature you know a tree can't grow from itself it needs sun it needs the sun it needs some nutritions and you have to collaborate with other disciplines and especially, also, I think as designer, you are all, always afraid of commercial part in your product. You think, no, no, I just want to be arty or designy and don't want to sell it or whatever. But it's very important to collaborate also with people who have the knowledge about business models, which I also experienced here. It's very important how you're going to earn your money. You don't have to earn a lot, but if you need to pay yourself and pay others to get going. You don't have to always have to pay money. Maybe it can also be paid in paying kind or, mm -hmm. or think about that and just start with that. That's a good insight. What do you think would be the key factors to implement Blue City on a bigger scale? Well, we are, we are talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a lot of attention from other municipalities in the Netherlands, but also from abroad. I think we first have to prove it that we really create impact. We, all, we are already doing it right now, but not the ways we want it to be. So mm -hmm. I think we, we need maybe five more years or maybe less to really get the whole place working as we want it, as one big organism, <laughs> as I think, or one big, well, ecosystem. Because like you just saw, we're still building parts of it and there are still entrepreneurs coming mm -hmm. and it's not finished yet. We have to to work on it, but we're we're doing good. Uh, but it could be better. <laughs> so I think first in five years we need to show people what we're doing on innovative scale, on product scale, on the social scale, and on the business scale, and then we can maybe scale up. Yes, and next yes. to that, we also saved a very old building from an auction because otherwise it was taken down by some rich people who wanted to build very fancy apartments up here. So we also saved a building and I think you can do this in a newer building, but I think it's very unique that we got this building. And, um, yeah, because we're talking about bigger scale, but yeah. the, just the size of this building alone yeah. is already space to grow here inside, yeah. right? because it's really big. Yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it's 12,000 square meters. Yeah, the big swimming pool itself, and then we have the the machinery and the, the, the machine, old machinery rooms downstairs with all the big tanks. You can see it as a very inconvenient spaces, but actually we also think how we can reuse those big inconvenient tanks for our climate system, for example. Yeah, and these are examples that can be yeah, can benefit others yeah. as well. And uh, what about internationally? Which countries or cities do you believe are really leading the charge? Or if you can find some, maybe some examples that inspire you for this particular project? Especially in America, both on the east and west side, there are a lot of very interesting companies. 
are doing great innovative things also on the, the biotechnology scale. So for example, in New York is a company called Ecovative who is growing panels from mushrooms, so for insulation but also for packaging. And last year they opened up their, their first big production plant. So it's a real factory where they grow the mushrooms are actually the mycelium, which is the vegetative part of the mushroom, for insulation panels, and that's amazing. So I'm really happy with that. But also foundations like the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, I think it's very inspiring. And for example, we use those challenges they put up on their website, so global challenges where people work on. Uh, we also use them here for like hackathons or Hack the Future programs. They are really leading, I think, especially in circular economy and really teach people the principles of it. But for example, companies like I said, like Ecovative, they, those guys are working more than 10 years on this technology. And now after 10 years or maybe 12, they open up their big factory. So I'm really positive about the, the future because, you know, I'm thinking, you know, in five or 10 years, how many factories like Ecovative do we have then? So what do you feel as well that what we can learn from them is just to, to keep just going and keep not going. be afraid yeah. to... Yeah, and, and we can, we are, I think the Netherlands, we are very on the forefront of a lot of good, we have good universities, we have a lot of people who are working in the field of biodesign, biotechnology, we have a lot of good professors and we have a lot of good designers, so I think the Netherlands is doing pretty well on this, on this whole scale. And what do you think for our, the students and young entrepreneurs? What are some of the key challenges you believe they are facing and how can we help prepare them for the 21st century challenges? I think the challenges for students are right now maybe their teachers. <laughs> that sounds really bad, but I think some of them are maybe teaching the old linear economy. And if we want to change that, we need to put young people over there and also people from the industry because they really have to work on tactile challenges and to really understand this field and work on it and in it and together with people mm -hmm. who are doing it. And what would you tell them as advice? So if you have a teacher that maybe is not so open for this new mentality that we're talking about, how, what would you say to the students? Like, how can you... Yeah, just go to a specialist. Just step out of the school, go to another city or maybe another country, I don't know. But if you are really inspired by someone or a technique, find that professor or find that physicist or even maybe it's an artist who's doing great things. Just go to him or her and just ask everything you want to know, if they are open for it, of course. But I think a lot of people are uh, and also flattered, maybe. So yeah, just step abroad discover and sometimes I say just ask someone who is sitting next to you in the train what what his profession is you know or in a tube because yeah, that's good advice yeah <laughs> just, just you know be curious and also visit companies or maybe lectures from from people you not really know or maybe you're interested in the field but just discover other fields next to your studies because mm -hmm. I think that's that's the most important. You can learn a lot from it, yeah. different insights from different uh, disciplines. And what would if we are in advising young people? There's a lot of uh, young and starting entrepreneurs as well, who believe they have a great idea to create positive change, yet they are unsure how they can make it a reality. What what would you uh, 
Welcome to Blue City. Take it to the outside world. Don't don't work on it for like ages behind your computer or your sketching table or just yeah, just don't be afraid because how the future actually really look like we all don't know. So maybe have gold in your hands and just do it. Just don't be afraid because uh, speculating about the future is difficult and is hard and you don't know really what is going to happen. So just do it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Which is really hard, of course, because but you have to start somewhere and find others who are also thinking the same as you do. Yeah, they will come to Blue City. Yeah. Again. <laughs> there are a lot of other others too, but we are really trying to show people how you can work on it. Even those ideas, just come to a program and and meet others who have. There are a lot of students, maybe, or just people who have graduated or, or startups or even companies that are out there for more than twenty years who have those good ideas but are scared. And I, I have to say, I'm scared too sometimes, you know, what will happen, but you're not alone. That's, that's the advice, I think. And to finish off, could you please recommend a few useful books or researchers to our listeners that you find inspiring? I read a lot of books, but also a lot of magazines, like, for example, The Scientist, <laughs> um, but also Nature and National Geographic. Because every time I read those magazines, I get new ideas. Yeah, just buy those. And, and even though it's more about science or nature, you can. I always get something out of it for myself. It could be a new idea or an insight or someone who wrote the article. I just look up and see what, a, see what he wrote more. And, uh, and books. There are two books from William Myers. He's also a curator. It's called Biodesign and Bioart. And the first book was published in 2012, I believe, by design. But it was really necessary to publish a book like that because we just had the Biodesign exhibition here in the, the new Institute uh, Museum here in Rotterdam. And people saw amazing things with algae and, and bacteria, but they don't know really what is... Are there more examples out there? And he published the book after the exhibition. And last year published the BioArt book, a lot of examples also from leading university and leading designer. So um, I really love those books. And whenever, when we get an intern here, I said, here, just read those books. See what is happening in the field. I think those two are my favorite. <laughs> Got a really important one. <laughs> it's called The Blue Economy from Gunther Pauli. And Gunther Pauli, yeah, he wrote this book with 100 business cases about the blue economy. Wow. And Rotterdam is actually an example out of that book. So you have Rot to read that too. Rotterdam is one of the startups Rot that are here. Yeah, city, one of right? the entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's really important. Thank you very much, Emma, you. for your insights. Thank you. And time. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.